0: Welcome to the Community Board Podcast with your host, Miguel Valdez. Today is May 16, 2022. And today I'm here with my friend David Cost- Cotson... How do you say it, David? Please, illustrate me. Cotsoners. Cotsonas. David, welcome to the Community Board Podcast with your host here, Miguel. David, it's been a while since we... Produce a podcast a few years ago
1: yeah back several. then
0: yeah back then you were working here in rochester minnesota on at the rochester farmer's market correct
1: yeah so i worked with the rochester downtown farmer was called the town for about six years okay six seasons
0: and david what about um you were here and then you moved to the farmer's market to a bigger farmer's market in minnesota at the farmers market in saint paul how was that transition for you
1: um oh well, the saint paul market was really big and uh oh, not completely overwhelming but it's a network of 20 weekly farmers markets uh, that are located at different locations throughout the metro um so we have like 200 different farm families that participate some families sell as many as eight markets a week um but we offered markets uh, every day but Monday.
0: And how, how was the produce related to this part of the state in south, Southeast corner? Do you find to be different produce to the the farmers bring to to the market in St. Paul? And I'm just trying to think, because I'm familiar with the one here in Rochester, but if somebody kind of the same, in the same situation as me, who would like to go to the St. Paul and explore, are they gonna find different products? Produce? You're gonna
1: find you're gonna find the same produce during the summer. I think what was remarkably different about Rochester was Rochester has growers that uh, figured out different ways to continue to bring produce all winter long. Uh, so you have a lot of people growing indoors in heated greenhouses that were able to bring lettuce and tomatoes, where there was just a a lack of that in the
0: metro area. Okay, and now going back to to your experience in St. paul, you also experienced during the pandemic. how was that for you? How was that for a a farmer's market of the size of the Saint Paul market how um, where were you and where did that news cut you' Because it was early before I'm assuming that you were you were getting ready for the season yeah
1: so if you ever remember everything kind of happened in March of whatever year that yeah, was two thousand twenty and uh Uh, It was just crazy. I guess I was really concerned that farmers markets were going to get shut down because other stores, other retail, other events, um, all kinds of happenings, everything was getting shut down. And um, it was actually – I served as the president of what's called the Minnesota Farmers Market Association um, until just like last month. But uh, so we – That association, me and the executive director, Kathy Zeman, took quick action, and we approached the state. We spoke with the commissioner of agriculture, Tom Peterson, about classifying farmers markets as essential businesses or grocery stores. Uh, And so that then they agreed, and then that allowed farmers markets to stay open um, when other retail was getting shut down. Um, and so that was a big thing. Uh, but the city of St. Paul was very concerned because my my farmer's market draws like 10,000 people on a Saturday, maybe as many as 13,000 people during peak season. And so they were very concerned about how we were gonna keep people safe. Um, so it was constant communication with the city, uh, sharing our plans. Um, some worked, some didn't.
0: Yeah. Did uh, you reduce the number of um, vendors? To create that social distancing?
1: Yeah, that happened organically. Some vendors chose to stay home. Um, Some vendors chose not to plant. Uh, Some of the folks, we have a lot of people who have greenhouses and they grow flowering plants and sell flowering baskets. Those folks stayed home. They actually haven't come back to the markets yet. Uh, But that opened up a lot of space. Okay. and we did just spaced out the vendors. We tried to create one-way aisles. Uh, that, okay. di- that didn't work at all. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know. So
0: for the people uh, who is not familiar with the St. Paul Farmer's Market, it's located right in downtown, right? Yeah, right, in what they call Lower Town. Yeah, Lower Town. And it's next to the Saints Stadium. Yes. And the train also passes mm-hmm. right there.
1: Right by Union Depot and the, yep. yeah, And CHS. during the week,
0: it's just a... a a parking lot right that's correct yeah. yeah and wow so and today you're here uh to also to share with us about your new role also you're working now for the monk american farming association please share with us what do they do and and, and how can people get involved or, or what, what do they do and where what can you share with us
1: okay well hafa or the Hmong American Farmers Association, which is abbreviated HAFa. Uh, the organization has a farm that's halfway up Highway 52. Um, most folks have probably seen it. It's just north of Hampton, and it's on both sides of the freeway up there, where you'll see uh, you'll see little sheds on either side. So HAFa owns this 155-acre farm, um, and what they do is they rent out parcels to different farmers, different Hmong farmers Mm -hmm. who are members of HAFA. So there are about 20 different parcels that are rented to individual farm families. And Uh,
0: what size are those? Are these uh, family farmers, this is not your typical garden plot? This no, is a it's bigger, bigger. Scale and this is serious. This yeah,
1: scale. so it's five-acre plots that they rent out, and so families will rent one or two of these plots, so they'll have either five or ten acres of land that they're farming. Um, and they're selling their produce uh, mainly at farmer's markets. Um, farmer's markets are the biggest source of revenue uh, for the farmers. They also, um, HAFA has a food hub on site, Um, where we aggregate produce from the different farmers and then can sell uh, because we have the power of many, right? Mm -hmm. So then we can sell to different institutions um, like hospitals or um, public schools or restaurants uh, and sell wholesale there. And we also offer um, a CSA package where people can buy They're you know get a subscription for their weekly box of produce.
0: So a CSA, what does that stand for?
1: Uh, CSA stands for Consumer Sustainable Agriculture. Okay. Because consumer supported agriculture. Okay. And basically, what happens is you you buy a subscription to the farm, and so you pay in advance, uh, and then each week you get a box of produce. Delivered and you pick it up at okay. a site and it's a growing thing more and, and it's more farms is on season, right? Right is coming up. Yeah, and it's a nice variety and and many places will offer half shares or full shares So if you have a smaller family, then you okay. get a half share. Yeah, of- and
0: I seen also uh, With some friends in the Twin Cities who are part of those uh, memberships and and they also get recipes. Too, yes, if you're not familiar with some of those uh, vegetables and what I'm really happy
1: about too is that uh some of the farmers, the Hmong families are sharing their recipes in the CSA box. So uh, it's hopefully a little different and something new for the people who are receiving the the CSA and, boxes.
0: And the members who who are part of this association, do they uh are they hundred percent invested on, on agriculture or there's individuals who have the, their day job and then they're trying this at this bigger scale, or is people who are already 100% in in the agriculture? What is your experience or, or your... I know that you're yeah. pretty new to the job, but I'm just trying to think in as a general, immigrant. Yeah.
1: In general, like small agriculture, the farmers you see at a farmer's market in general, one person is working the farm full-time and somebody else is working a job. Okay. Um, and then they help at the farm when they can. Um, that's the case for most. Uh, you know, it's interesting. And one thing that I really like that drew me to Hoffa is their success and, and, and how they help with revenue. Um, so in Minnesota, like the average Hmong farmer who's growing you know, and selling at farmer's markets is making $5,000 per acre um, per year, per season, yeah. and then the average just kind of small egg, oops, sorry, uh, small egg, regardless of color or race, that's just average Minnesota, small agricultural farmer is making $8,000 per acre.
0: Okay.
1: And through education and different trainings that the, that Hoffa has. So for those its are farmers, some of
0: the benefits.
1: Yeah, yeah. The average Hoffa farmer is making $11,000 per acre. And so it's through education, through cha- training sessions, teaching people you know, business development and and working with the farmers, helping them fill out grants on their own and and really kind of get invested that way mm-hmm. so that hopefully uh, the farmers can focus on growing food and not have family members having to work Got you know, jobs.
0: And some of these farms are parcels um are they considered organic or or what kind of agriculture is we're not
1: organic at hafa um but most of the growing techniques uh are organic in nature but organic is a certification Mm -hmm. um that the farmers sometimes don't feel that it's worth worth the effort worth the Mm -hmm. there's um The state will come to the farm and do a lot of checking up and just it's it's, sometimes it could be feeling like a little invasive. Um, So a lot of farmers choose not to uh, get organically certified, even though they're not using chemicals um, in the process.
0: Yeah. And and I just want to share this for our friends who are listening. And if you live in Rochester or in St. Paul area and you travel in Rochester, we're talking about that. Farm that you can see on Highway 52. Yes. It has those little sheds all over spread, right? And I see always families working there, like you mentioned, uh, through the season and until late uh, on the summer or early fall. Yeah. Cleaning and. The farm is open
1: until November 1st. Yeah. And then we close the farm for the season.
0: And who can join this um, association, David? Well it's a
1: little limited based on the amount of land okay uh, but um, Hmong farmers it's uh you know it's an organization that has been founded by and for uh the Hmong farmers in in Minnesota, so Hmong farmers right around that area can can join Hafa. so the advantage.
0: association like this tried to help also like you mentioned in this case the Hmong community but as a newcomer or who is familiar with the agricultural system, probably back home, trying to start here, I bet it's a giant learning curve on on how you move produce and all those things that you were sharing.
1: There are all sorts of barriers for emerging farmers. Um, You know, the cost of land, the lack of knowledge, uh, just, yeah, language barriers when you're trying to set up wholesale accounts or just navigate your way Uh, through the different avenues of sales. uh, It becomes very difficult for people. Um, And it's fortunate there are other organizations. So mine is, you know, the Hmong American Farmers Association. But, you know, just recently uh, in in the metro area, there is uh, the Somali American Mm -hmm. Farmers Association that's starting up. And there are throughout the country, there are more and different organizations that are real similar And a lot of these training sessions that HAFA is creating um, will be tools that will apply to other of these organizations and can be shared. And, and, um, you know, the philosophy at HAFA is much the philosophy of like uh, the late Paul Wellstone and we all do better when we all do better. Yeah. Um, So HAFA tries to raise everyone up.
0: That's great. Uh, And also for... I've been hearing, I think I heard this on NPR, how it's also a lack of uh, you know, trying to sustain those family farms because a lot of uh, younger generations who their families own a family farm, they're deciding to pursue different career versus staying on the farm. It's hard work. It's yeah. hard work and, and, and you don't see results just like that, like in a lot of other oh, yeah. jobs, but. But, it, you know, being in nature and grow your own food and grow your neighbor's food and everybody's food is, a, I'm sure is fulfilling. But at the same time, I can see why family members probably choose in a different way. But then we have people who multi-generational, who are newcomers, who are want to get into that field. You know, trying to get that balance between the ones who want to live and the ones who want to get into that field. How, how do you guys... Um, uh, see growth within the association. Are you guys looking to purchase more land, or or first you need to train them? How how does this work?
1: Um, well, I guess it's a mix. The the training is ongoing; will always be ongoing. Um, right now, Hafa could take on more land, but we're in the we're in the process of finalizing the purchase of the farm where we're at, uh, where we. I guess they've been renting it for the last Mm -hmm. 11 years and actually the state of Minnesota has been helping them with the purchase. Uh, So that's going to happen within the next couple of months. So do you you think
0: this can help, um, you know, I want to say more like a lab or to try to recreate this in different parts of the state or, you know, as a a template?
1: I think so. And what really is helpful is so HOFFA raises a lot of its money through grants and donations. And because of that, they're able to keep the the cost of the land rental lower, mm. um, which allows people to come in and start farming and get going, um, and then you know hopefully grow too big to be members of Hafa and just go off and do it on their own. Um, but then they've experienced things and they've experienced a little kindness and a little help along the way before they're out on their own and really like
0: yeah getting the you know, support or uh what do you say uh, safety net first? yeah
1: um and so uh it's been really helpful for emerging farmers to be able to come in at, at just lower costs and then also Hoffa is buying things in bulk so the seed potatoes for example uh rather than one person buying mm-hmm. what they need hafa is purchasing them for 20 farmers uh so there's price. those economies yeah. of scale that are that are met um, that help keep costs down. I see.
0: Uh, and uh, what kind of products, what kind of vegetables do they grow out there? Oh, I'm, I'm sure some are specific for their monk community, but I'm sure they're what where. where oh, they well, grow? they grow
1: they grow for their customers, right? So yeah. they grow for the people who are going to be coming to the farmers market and buying food. So. Um, it's a great variety, and it changes throughout the year, but it's, it's what you're used to seeing at the farmer's markets. It starts with uh, asparagus and herbs and cucumbers, radishes. Uh, the, they grow corn. Uh, we grow um, eggplant. Uh, the thing that's unique maybe that's more uh, for Southeastern South Asian folks uh, There are things called bitter melon. Um, I seen that. Which lives up to its name. And uh, there are certain types of eggplant that are really unique to Thailand. That what about are, um, lemongrass? Do they do uh, that? Lemongrass. Uh, ginger is something that can be grown here now. Um, started inside, like inside a greenhouse, okay. and then it can be moved outdoors. Uh, cool. And they can meet the, the, the extended season that that needs to grow. So there's a lot of terrific stuff. Uh,
0: awesome. Hey, what about, um, do they sell right there on the spot, on Highway 52? They don't, no. Because okay. the, the I always want to stop and say hi. I see them working there, and you can see that they're picking some produce.
1: Right. The farm's not open to the public. Okay. Uh, it is open for you know educational purposes. We have a lot of schools, and we do tours and, oh, okay. and, and stuff like that, and we bring people out in that kind of capacity.
0: Okay. Uh, well, David... What please invite where where can people learn more about their association? Do you guys have a website mm-hmm. social media presence? Where, where yeah, we're
1: on Facebook and our website is dot and that's h m mm-hmm. o n g farmers dot com
0: okay and then also can find you on Facebook. I'm okay. gonna be posting the information here and the information on this podcast. Anything else David that you would like to share with your friends who are listening?
1: You know, I I just want to um say I'm really excited to be down here in Rochester and I'm looking forward to reconnecting with a lot of people. Um, I hope to uh, start to offer CSA's shares here in Rochester. So
0: people, if somebody would like to get into that system, which is the one, the basket where you get the weekly, or how often is yeah, weekly Yeah, it's or? weekly subscription. Okay. Um, so through the website, they can sign yeah, up?
1: Yeah, they can get information and we're not coming to Rochester yet, okay. but um, we would like to build it up and to have a presence here. Uh, and to start being able to bring our CSA, and it might be it might be next year.
0: That's um, okay. That's good. Okay, for somebody who's considering this, and they're willing to do the drive, or if they commute and there's, you know, at the drop-off spot, what what is the cost or something like that for a season to get your basket or? Well, for our summer our
1: summer season, which is seventeen weeks long, for a full share, it's five hundred and four dollars. Uh, it comes to a, I think it's comes to roughly $30 a week. Okay. And so...
0: And that's a lot of vegetables you
1: get. Yeah, you get a good mix of vegetables and it's it's a variety of what's available. Um,
0: Seasonal. Yeah, uh-huh.
1: and so every week it's a little different and then every week you'll get a new recipe and it's uh it's kind of fun. It's a great way to help support uh, local farmers um, and local small agriculture. What,
0: what is the feeling at this time of the year of the farmers? I bet they're excited. Oh yeah. Okay.
1: Well, our first delivery of CSA boxes is Wednesday, and so we've all oh. been a little nervous about so, uh, what, what how cold get, it yeah. was and and whether there's going to be anything yet to put in it. But uh, you know, right now there is asparagus. There's rhubarb. There are the spring onions. There's spinach.
0: It's ready um, or not yet.
1: So no, that, all that stuff is ready. So uh we're gonna make it and we probably make it every year but every year we're really nervous if it's gonna I know. be together and i was so
0: excited too this weekend i i started building a raised bed garden so oh, good so yeah this time the rabbits are gonna have a hard time getting into <laughs> my my plot but david uh, anything else you want to share with, with our friends
1: uh just thank you thanks uh thanks everybody please continue to support local agriculture Go to the Rochester Farmer's Market. It's one of the best in the state. Um, And enjoy this beautiful weather. Thanks, Miguel.
0: Well, David, thank you so much. And I would like to invite everybody to, again, visit your website and order, get a membership. Learn more. Yeah, just learn more. And and guess what? You're going to be eating healthy, fresh, local. So it's a win-win situation. David, thank you again. And please... Share this episode with friends and family and stay tuned for more podcasts coming up. Bye bye.